0: welcome to find me in a book this podcast is meant to be like you're talking to your best friend about romance books i share my passion with those who love to read those who don't have time to read or those that don't like to read but still want to know and be involved with book conversations thank you for being here let's get started Alison Rose Greenberg writes passionate and compelling stories about love, heartbreak, and hope. She is a screenwriter and speaks fluent rom-com, lives for the 90s WB dramas, and cries to Taylor Swift. She is the author of Bad Luck Bridesmaids, and her knowledge of the music industry is center stage in her second novel, Maybe Once, Maybe Twice. Hi, Allison. Welcome to Finding a Book. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, so your novel, maybe once, maybe twice, came out October third. Is that correct? Yes. How how has it been? It's almost been a month that it's been out. Has it just been kind of like a whirlwind? It it has.
1: This my my first book came out in like the height of COVID, where an Omicron was hitting and. So I didn't really get out there, like out of my house with it. And this one mm-hmm. I have been getting out of my house with the book, which has been nice. Um, and the reception's been really lovely. And, and I'm so ha-
0: you know, I'm just happy it's out. That's so exciting um, that it's been out a month and it's an incredible novel. I loved it. I devoured it so quickly. Um, it just, yeah, I, I have so many thoughts about it that, I, that I'll kind of sprinkle throughout the whole episode But yeah, I just, it was incredible and I loved it. Okay, so I know that your readers are really excited to hear from you. So I have some deeper questions for you um, regarding like the book and your process and everything like that. Um, So I definitely want to get into it. So my first question is, I want you to tell us how you got into writing in the first place. I started really
1: screenwriting first. So I started screenwriting at USC and took one class and was just really hooked, and it felt like breathing, and that mm-hmm. was really my start into writing. And prose came pretty accidentally. Um, I was pitching a movie, but the way they wanted me to pitch it was to do a short story, and the short story ended up turning into a book. So I pitched it as a book and as a movie, or I wrote the manuscript for the book and um, and sold that as I was pitching and selling the move to. Write the movie. So that was, it was a very backwards way into prose and into authorship.
0: I love it. That is so cool. That is so interesting that it, yeah, you did kind of go a back way through it. I want to know the first story you ever wrote and how young were you? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I, I, I'm sure I was young, but I think the first like finished piece of work I wrote was college, like something that yeah, I can't I mean I'm sure I wrote a lot of fiction as a kid, but there's nothing that's jumping out to me. Like this short story about two brothers is something that I wrote in college, but it was a screenplay.
0: Okay. Is your first love like screenplay over like writing books?
1: I I mean it's it's more (laughs) in my DNA, but I'm I'm I really love writing books. This is my second book, so I feel like I'm getting started. Um but screenwriting is something I was doing
0: long before that. So it's
1: you know, it's my first love, I should say.
0: I love that. Okay. That is so so good. Um, so when with like the screenplays and everything that you're you're writing, um, when did you know that you wanted to be a romance author?
1: I think it kind of happened a little backwards for me again, but I was mm-hmm. really a rom com writer as far as screenplays, so I made as I was writing it straight this line between women's fiction and also being romance. And I just, I, I, that's what I want to read, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, really highbrow, really meaty romance is what I love and what I've always loved.
0: I love that. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so within this book, I kind of got a sense of like a second chance romance, marriage pack trope. Um, what would you say your favorite trope is in general
1: I think enemies to lovers is like the most fun definitely that's <laughs> one of my favorite it's just it's like I, I all I, that's my favorite I think I, I don't know what that says about me um, <laughs> in books I think that's my I think that's my favorite in novels for sure it's just it's delicious I love when there's this like very fine line between love and hate. Um, and exposes a lot of the character flaws and they can learn from
0: each other as
1: they're falling for each other against their will.
0: It's just, it's fun. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Kind of the era of Twilight and like those types of books really, I think, pushed us towards like the enemies to lovers, forbidden love, kind of that like genre and tropes. What tropes are you wanting to write into like your next books?
1: I think the next one, which is I'm so early on, so I don't want to commit to saying this out loud because <laughs> it could change, but I think forced proximity is one I haven't really played with too much, mm-hmm. and um, I think I'm gonna do that in the next one because it's always really fun when you force two people to be in the same house or the same mm-hmm. room or the same bed um, so
0: you're just kind of like, Oh, they have no choice like they have to. <laughs> The room with the double beds is taken. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, So while you are writing your books and everything and kind of in that process, do you read other books or do you kind of just want to stay in like the zone of writing?
1: If I'm in if I'm like knee deep in the zone, usually my free time is writing rather than reading, which isn't always the best thing when I usually when I come out and I'm in the editing phase, I'm back into reading or when I take a little pause, I'm back into reading. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful sometimes. But there is an imprint version of it where if you're reading the exact same genre you're writing, you want to make sure that you're not someone else's voice isn't coloring yours. And usually Mm -hmm. that's really easy to wipe away the second you're back into your work. But it just I don't know if you about you. But when I finish a book, I'm like in that character's head, Mm -hmm. feeling like that character and it's sometimes that's hard when I'm in the nitty gritty part of writing. When I'm in revisions, it's a little bit easier.
0: Completely understandable, especially when it comes to like fantasy books and they have like whole different worlds within them. And you kind of go back and forth and you're like, wait, what character was in what world? Is this an aspect of this? So, um, so while you are writing or while you have time to read, what other books do you reach for? Like, tell me about uh, the tropes that you reach for. I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about enemies to lovers, but are there others?
1: Women's fiction is usually in romance or the spaces I usually play in, and I just like memoirs. I just read the Brittany memoir because I had to. Oh yes, <laughs> and also it was really kind of a s that I was able to read while writing my own stuff because um, it was just okay. so such a different such a different book. Um, I love Emily Henry. I love I really I really love women's fiction so
0: no offense to men. (laughs) Completely understandable. Yes, absolutely. I'm on that 100%. (laughs) Um, Do you have like a favorite author or do you kind of just like stay in the realm of like women's fiction and you're open to to anyone really? I'm really open. I'm, yeah, like
1: I grew up, Judy Bloom was my favorite. I still love her. And that's that's (laughs) as far as like old school. Um, But Anyone now, you know, if something gets a review that seems like, oh, that is, that hits all these points for me, Mm -hmm. then I'll grab it. Or if mostly if a friend recommends it, who I trust, then I'm, I'll dive in no matter who it is. I think giving new authors a chance is something I want someone to do for me, something I want to do for other people.
0: Mm -hmm. So, um but usually it's in yeah. that space, that same female space, yeah. I love that you mentioned like word of mouth because I feel like that is kind of the the biggest kind of resource, I guess, today is word of mouth. Um, I feel like romance books aren't as taboo to talk about. And so there are more book clubs. There are more like little girl groups. There are more like things on social media that really are bringing people together. And so like word of mouth is, I feel like, the so important Um, For authors to get their books out and for like new reviews and everything like that. Um, Okay, so I want to dig a little bit more into Maybe Once, Maybe Twice now. And I absolutely love the characters. I love Maggie so much. I want to know in general kind of what your inspiration was behind Maybe Once, Maybe Twice. I was
1: really searching for book number two. I had a two book deal and I was, you know, staring down a contract going, what am I going to do? And I knew I wanted it to be within a woman's decision years, like her mid thirties, sort of when you're staring, like staring down your future and you don't have children yet. And society is telling you, you need to be doing this one thing and your career isn't the way you want it to be. And not all women feel this way, but some do. And I wanted to give voice to that, um, to that pressure and... I was in a meeting and I started writing something and I was in just a general meeting with a a man who said, I think you can, you know, crack this, but I had this idea of like this dude, he tells two women to marry them and they both show up. And I, I was like, and he's like 29. And I I just, I was like, this is the worst story ever. I don't care. I was like, (laughs) I don't care about this man. Men get all the decisions. Like, why is that interesting to me? And I, it made me so Mm -hmm. mad. And when I ended that meeting I realized I was mad because it shouldn't it's a great kind of plot twist but it shouldn't be a man it should be a woman it should be a woman in her mid-30s and I started Mm -hmm. to sort of pull all these pieces together that would become maybe once maybe twice so it was it was like an aha moment that I threw away 40 pages
0: of the book I was working on (laughs) (laughs) oh my that little twist at the end there (laughs) yeah I love that okay that is so interesting that you you pulled from kind of that that story with him and you're like no 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 like I'm gonna change this Uh, love that and then that kind of brought about Maggie and I'm guessing anyways kind of she just came into the story and Uh, One thing that I, I mean, there were so many things that I loved about Maggie, but one thing that really stood out was the synesthesia. Is that how you say it? Like synesthesia? Yeah. I thought that was so interesting and being able to, is she able to like taste colors or like see sound? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah. You can like taste words and words carry with them colors and it's mm-hmm. very, it's just like a very visual and it's, it's just, it just warps your senses. Um, and I read an article about Lord, music, musician Lord, singer, uh-huh. um, and she had synesthesia. And I found that so interesting and it sort that of stuck with so me. So when I was writing Maggie, I wanted to make sure music was in her DNA, that like it, it was such a part of her that she felt it and tasted it different than anyone else. Um mm-hmm so it was almost inescapable this you know this career she wow. chose and i liked i liked that this set her off
0: set her apart made her a little bit different that's incredible i love that yeah i had never heard of it before and i mean that makes sense why lord's music is so incredible and i want her to come out with more but yeah i had no idea that is so so interesting i'm glad that you added it into that or into the the book because it just I think that it's something that more people should know about. Another thing that I loved about Maggie is that and you see it throughout the book and the different themes is that she just knows what she wants and she goes for it without hesitation and I think that's so admirable because like being um, I mean this book I related to it a lot like I'm in my early 30s I don't have kids like trying to figure out what I really want to do and for to read a book like this, where she, she knows what she wants. She does whatever she can to get it. And we see her struggles and we see what she goes through, but she knows what she wants. And that is just like so inspiring. And I just, I absolutely enjoyed Maggie and I enjoyed this book so much. Thank you. Thank you. If we start from the very beginning, um, I know I've seen a little bit of like interviews and and your social media and everything like that, and I do want to bring it up again. But I loved in your dedication to your parents at the very beginning um, that you (laughs) said, like, please, mom, or like, please, parents, like, don't read the sex scenes. And I love that because I recommend like romance books to my mom. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, my gosh, mom, like, please don't read these sex scenes. Like, I'm so sorry.
1: <laughs> yes. Like, and if you do, never tell me.
0: And even I, I mean, I'm at the very beginning of the book still and, and already. So the dedication, really, I love that. And also your Stevie Nicks quote, I knew immediately that I would love this book because of that. And I'm guessing that this quote kind of helped you come up with the title,
1: yeah, this the song, it's like her line from the song "Gypsy." And mm-hmm. it to me, when I was trying to think of titles, I was like, all right, maybe once, maybe twice when it comes to a great love. Um, mm-hmm. it's like it had second chance romance almost built into it. Maybe once, maybe twice when it comes to your career. You now, there's a start mm-hmm. and stop to Maggie's career and then a restart. So, and and then you know falling in love twice with two different men maybe once maybe twice so it just felt like it was it
0: just fit a perfect perfect fit yes and Stevie I Nicks is amazing that. so absolutely 100% so yeah all all together it just was beautiful absolutely beautiful and yeah i knew immediately that i would love it because of that so speaking of like stevie nicks and everything Uh, So the music and songs, like they're spread throughout the book. And I love that. Um, I didn't know that you actually have a Spotify playlist for it. Um, So while I was like reading throughout the book, and you would mention or like Maggie would mention different songs, I would listen to it on Spotify while I read it. And it just like added such like emotion and just kind of put me next to them, which I, I love that this book is very centered on music and, and songs. And so I want to know, like, did you pick these songs ahead of time or were you like writing the book and then chose which songs fit?
1: As I was writing, there was, well, mm-hmm. twofold.
0: One, I would, I made
1: a playlist while I was starting the book just to write, like, a, I usually write to music, um Mm -hmm. i mean a lot of it is taylor swift (laughs) for me because it's like writing to white noise because i know her so well but then i would start adding these songs and then as i was writing there would just be a natural place to put a song and i knew exactly what i wanted um because i knew that garrett was more of like a pop punk i knew i was able to sort of see i knew that maggie and ashers would be very nostalgic and 90s early 2000s like i was able to Mm -hmm. really place these songs in where i wanted them um Mm -hmm. so a little bit of both like I put, tuck some away knowing I wanted to use them later and I didn't mm-hmm. know exactly where or I would find a moment and pull in a song that seemed perfect.
0: I love it, love it, love it, love it. There were also just so many like, I call them thought nuggets because it just kind of like made me stop and think for a minute. And there were also a couple like quotes um, that I like had to stop. And uh, to my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, let me read this to you like (laughs) because it was just so like it had my mind going and one of them was uh the women don't have midlife crisis because we've spent our lives constantly in crisis like oh my gosh like what like that just blew my mind and so I wanted to wanted to ask like what sparked this like powerful like sentence like it was so incredible I, I remember my dad, we
1: were not to like out my dad about his midlife crisis, <laughs> but it was
0: much, we were, we were younger.
1: He was like in between things and he up and moved us from Atlanta to San Diego for like two and a half months in the middle of my wow. sixth grade. And that was his midlife crisis. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking, okay, is my mom's midlife crisis going to come? And, and no, because she was just always thinking about the next step and her kids and him and like and she was just too much, not in crisis, but there was too much going mm-hmm. on to have a midlife crisis. And women are just, we've always, we always overthink in ways men don't. So when they have to start, when they like reach a certain age where they start thinking about their future, they have a crisis. Women are, we have to think about our future when we're 30, we have, you know, because our biological mm-hmm. future, our children, it's just different for men. Like they just, things just fall into their laps in a way
0: mm-hmm. usually that they don't for women. So, yeah, so we're just constantly in crisis. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I I really am going to, like, tell that quote to, like, everyone because it just, it it's just mind-blowing. And I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Um, and another one that I, I wanted to talk about is, uh, if people want to reference, it's page 118. And this was the paragraph that I, like, stopped and I was like, husband or Jr. like, I have to read this to you. Um, but it's it's where you said, if you are vulnerable enough to put your heart on the line for an audience, nothing screams louder than the silence that follows the moment before you get a yes or no. Like, mind blown, once again. Um, I'm guessing, like, do you, do you remember what you were kind of thinking as you were, like, writing this or, or what you were kind of referring to or, like, inspiration? Yeah, I mean,
1: my career... Not just as an author, but as a screenwriter, it is very much pitch, and ninety-nine mm-hmm. people will say no. Ninety-nine times it'll be a no, and you just need the one to have a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a lot of no's until there's a yes, and there's that like that in between where you're like, oh, do they? love this thing that I almost killed myself for um, <laughs> and you feel like they're saying no to you even though they're not so you try not to take it personally but that is what being an artist is it's like you dust yourself off after mm-hmm. killing yourself for a project and someone not liking it and then you know at some point someone's going to say yes and raise their hand um, whether it's that project or something different but that's this is vulnerability of being an artist that is mm-hmm. really hard um, and you get used to it and I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs>
0: Yeah, and also, like, to go along with that, just having the courage to keep getting back out there, um, especially if you, there are, like, the 99 people saying no, and just, yeah, having that to be like, no, I can keep going out there. This is what I love to do. Like, keep putting it out there, even though they might say no, and having that to just keep going, because um, I'm sure a lot of people, they keep getting the no's, and then they just kind of, like, stop, and so... Um, it's incredible that you you put that in here that it's like the moment before you get that yes or no that you're just questioning everything like did I do this right did I need to do this different and having that it just it just opens your eyes like no like Maggie kept going we need to keep going like our our dreams are there like we just have to keep going I thought that was incredible Okay, so I want to talk a little bit more about, like, the characters now, kind of, like, deeper. Um, so we're giving we're given Garrett at the beginning of the book, and we kind of follow that friendship and uh, throughout their 20s and, and through the age of 35. And was that kind of, like, your intention to do their relationship to make it feel like a right person, wrong time?
1: Yes. Um, yes. He was, he was like, he, I, and originally when I just thought about this, I'm like, all right, we're going to have the very perfect relationship but it was too soon. And then we're going to have the guy you pine for because the timing is never right. And that was you know, <laughs> that's Asher, that's Garrett. So yeah, it, it he's right guy, wrong time, you know, throughout mm-hmm. this, a lot of this book. Um, and some are circumstances that ni- are under like neither of their control that keeps them mm-hmm. apart too. So yeah, I wanted him to definitely be that guy where you don't hate him,
0: but it's just substantial right.
1: that they're not together or you wish he would step up the plate a mm-hmm. little more.
0: Those are definitely the feelings that I felt. Um, so you hit it right on the head. Okay, spoilers ahead. <laughs> yeah, I would say like, do not keep listening if you have
1: not finished maybe once, <laughs> maybe twice, because that would be that True. I, you don't want to know the end.
0: I do want to know. Does he get like a happily ever after? Like does he stay with like the girl that um he was engaged to? I know I think I it said like he broke it off. I I can't remember. But yeah, in your head like does he get like a happily ever after? Sure.
1: Yeah, I have in there that he does not get married, so that's in the book. A couple people have been like are we getting a Garrett book? I need to know if he's okay. <laughs> um, so maybe I'll put like a Garrett. Maybe I'll put like a Garrett like a I don't know a put him in one of my next books and like he's a rancher or something, something where, no, you know, no. he's okay. He's got like toehead kids running around. He found the love mm-hmm. of his life.
0: Yes, please. So maybe I'll do, maybe <laughs> I'll do that. It's possible. I've been thinking about it. I love it. Yes. Cause that, that is one question that I had.
1: A little buried, but yes, yeah, she finds out that, um, that he does not get married. And Good. so, and that's in the book.
0: Yes. Good. I'm glad that he doesn't get married because you could, you could really tell that he wasn't happy Um, and so that makes me happy that he'll, he'll get a happily ever after, which is good. Okay. Um, so when we talk about Asher, I loved him from the very beginning, loved him till the very end, like just the whole time. Like he is just such a, a sweet, genuine soul. And you can immediately tell, you can immediately tell that about him and they're just so sweet to each other when they reconnect he is like this big celebrity were you thinking of like a different profession like kind of toying around with different professions for him or did you kind of already like know that he was going to be like this award-winning actor
1: I wanted him to be a creative like her mm-hmm. I wanted them to bond over that um, especially because Garrett sort of goes into a different direction so I I, yeah. I didn't want him to be a business guy. I wanted to give that to Garrett. I think it's really nice that they could bond over being artists and creatives and,
0: you know, putting everything on the line to do what they love. Yeah, that makes sense, kind of having him in that creative, especially when they go to, like, the camp and having something that's kind of related so that they can bond over there, which makes sense. Is there, when you were kind of creating, like, the storyline and the plot and everything like that, was there an alternate ending in your head that you had where she did end up with garrett yeah the first the first draft she ends up with garrett but the first
1: draft okay. also doesn't have the multiple timelines so oh, it's okay. more like little it's like little vignettes in the chapters where we kind of learned mm-hmm. about how she met these guys but it wasn't it wasn't threaded the way it is and it, once i started writing more of asher and maggie's backstory and once i started really digging into garrett I mm-hmm. just didn't want him to end up with her. I didn't want her to end up with him, honestly. <laughs> for him, that'd be great. But for her, right. I was like, Asher's just too healthy. Like, this is such a healthy choice. But also, it has the fireworks. It has the stability.
0: There was no mm-hmm. reason
1: in my mind not to have her end up with him. And for Garrett, I could think of a couple reasons.
0: Biggest one being <laughs> Asher, really. Right, right. And you definitely kept us on her toes. Like, I, I honestly didn't know who she would end up with at the end. Um, Well, it was like more towards the end that I was like, I I still don't know who she's going to choose. Like, I don't, I don't know. And so I love that, that you kind of kept it um, like it could be either one still. Um, And then even at the very end where Asher like walks away too, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, what's. What's going to be happening? And then when he comes back into their life, I was like, okay, good. Whew. Like, just wipe my brow. Like, because, yeah, it really was so intense. And I'm like, I have no idea who she's going to choose.
1: <laughs> yeah. I didn't either. Did- I mean, halfway through yeah. the revisions, I knew. But for the but- – you know, just know that writing it, it was a difficult decision. So I'm glad it was difficult for other
0: people too. I want to know throughout this whole book, there is definitely like that theme of music, theme of lyrics, creativity throughout the whole thing. I thought it was honestly like mind blowing that you have these songs in there that you like you created, like you have six full songs at the very end of the book. And I like read the lyrics and I just, I was in awe. Like that is so incredible. Like did you write these songs like just for the book or did you kind of already like have them in mind? Like where did they come from?
1: No, I I wrote them just for the book. Um and I while I was writing the book, I was reading a lot about the music business, but also the creative side and then also I had a bunch of books on writing music and lyrics and mm-hmm. and that was helpful and I just I would get to that place in the book and sit down and, or, you know, you'll you'll notice there's some little bits of those lyrics peppered in the book itself. So I would mm-hmm. either, I would write the whole song and then that was easy to put in the back or I had already had a, you know, a verse and I needed to expand it into a full song for the songbook in the back. So, um,
0: mm-hmm. but it
1: was so much, that was so fun. It was time consuming, but so fun. And I felt like I it, it, because it we really kind of understand who Maggie is when we read those songs I think rather than just Mm -hmm. seeing the little verse here or there I think it was it was kind of a nice surprise the book didn't need it but I think it's better
0: for it absolutely it was it's such a a great uh addition to it and also yeah like a great surprise at the end like oh my gosh here's the full song that Maggie was talking about or that she was like referencing or about like Garrett or about like yeah it just was the perfect perfect addition That just made it all kind of circle back around to each other and just mesh all together. And it was just, it was absolutely perfect. Okay, so those are all the questions that I have. This book, once again, was absolutely incredible. Just everything about it, the vibe that I felt throughout it, the music that you brought into it. Also, um, for the listeners, go to Allison's Spotify and listen to the music if you can while you read this book. It just adds so much more to it and just it just gets you in the perfect mind space for this this novel it was absolutely perfect i loved like the the true love and the second chance and the kind of circling back around to the the two loves with the marriage pact and it just overall loved it loved it loved it so i'm so glad that you could be on this podcast I'm so glad that we could talk about all of this. Is there anything that you are wanting to tell the listeners or to someone that will be picking up this book?
1: Um, <laughs> no, I guess you're you're in for a wild ride with this book. Um, and I think it's, you know, I, I see a lot of this, but it's sort of, and I love the cover, but it's a cartoon cover. But it really, you know, there are deeper themes here mm-hmm. and, and some in some darker moments too. So, you know, buckle up, but it's very emotional and I I hope it touches you. That's what I'd want to tell people.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, you did an incredible job and I hope that it keeps continuing to like gain traction and get out there even more. And I hope that people put this on their bookshelf and have it on their TBR. And I just, I hope the most success for it and for you. Thank you so much
1: for having me. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Seriously. Thank you
1: for having me and for all the words that you said about my book. It means so much.
0: No, I love it. No, thank you again. Um, And as for your social media, I have your website, which is allisonrosegreenbird.com. And then for Twitter or X um, is at Allison Greenberg. And then for Instagram as well, Allison Greenberg. And then your Spotify playlist is called maybe once, maybe twice. Are there any other social media that you are wanting to plug? No, those are the good ones. Okay, perfect. Thank you. I loved this so much. I, I love being able to get into this space and interview people. I'm still pretty new to it. But I'm so glad that I uh, You took a chance and took the time to be on the podcast. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. Thank you for having
0: me.